Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. I'm Melinda. And today we're going to be doing a special Halloween episode. And um, we had so much fun doing a pumpkin beer tasting (laughs) a couple episodes ago. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. And um, we're going to start off with, oh, and we're also going to tell ghost stories that you lovely people wrote into us. Um, But first, we're going to start out with uh, Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale. And this is 7% alcohol by volume. And it just says brown ale brewed with pumpkin and spices. And this is from Dogfish Head Brewery in Milton, Delaware. And it's a really cute label with a bunch of little pumpkin cartoony faces. They're like rock. It's like a rock band. Pumpkin rock band. <laughs> All right. Very so cute. let's taste this one. Cheers. Cheers. To Halloween. It's good. Yeah, I like it. It's um, it's a little bit pumpkiny, um, a little bit of cinnamon in there. It's a nice amber colored ale, not too light, not too dark. But, I like um, it. It's not super heavy in the pumpkin and in spices, but it's it's very. I would drink this. Yeah, I could drink a few of these. Yeah, for sure. So I'm really excited about this episode, and I just want to thank everyone who took the time to write to us. We really, really appreciate it, Um, and we would love uh, to do a bunch of these episodes. So keep writing in your stories, please, because I really, really enjoy reading people's ghost stories. And this first story comes to us from Andrea in Colorado, and here we go. My husband and I used to be full-time musicians, and we had a house gig at a place in Estes Park, Colorado, called Mary's Lake Lodge. The lodge has a long history, including housing tuberculosis patients and recovering World War I vets. There was also talk of Stephen King's aunt owning a condo at the lodge during the time that he wrote The Shining. And if you set foot upon its corridors, you might have felt an undeniable creepiness that was eerily similar to the infamous hallways that the little boy character rode his big wheel through. I was thrilled to have a house gig there. As a sensitive, I could immediately feel how incredibly haunted this place was. At that time in my life, I was doing a little bit of ghost investigating, inspired by all those ghost hunting television shows that have, be- <laughs> that have become so popular, the ones that Mindy loves to binge watch. <laughs> and Mary's Lake Lodge did not disappoint in the ghost department. Every single time we investigated, we experienced some type of supernatural activity. One particular evening, our investigation turned a bit terrifying. The hotel always gave us a room where we had a gig, and this night my husband had decided to retire early and did not join us. We had brought our doggy Harlow. Aw, that's a cute name. Yeah. We had brought our doggy Harlow with us, and she was waiting in the room. I was comforted that she would not be alone with the spirits, that my husband would be there with her. At that point, the customers had cleared out of the restaurant and bar area, and I began the investigation with the bartender, his girlfriend, and one of the servers. It was probably a little after midnight at this point. The first thing that kept happening during this investigation was a constant and recurring sound from the men's bathroom, an incredibly loud bang over and over and over. It sounded like steel-toed boots kicking the vent. It was a sound that none of the employees or I had ever heard before. 
And the craziest part of it was that the moment that one of the guys went into the bathroom, it stopped. And the moment that they left the bathroom, it started up again. This continued throughout our investigation and became the backdrop for the spooky activity that we experienced that night. We were using the bartender's cell phone to record activity and found that we were able to see things on the cell phone that we could not see with our own eyes. It was strange. At one point, we saw a black mass floating across his viewfinder and captured a picture of it. It was without form and had very jagged edges. Not one of us actually saw it directly, but everyone saw it moving through the viewfinder. All right, that's... That's awesome. That's awesome and also... Creepy. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Right after this had occurred, we had the camera focused on a statue that was on the countertop directly across from the men's bathroom. Keep in mind, we are still hearing the constant banging coming from the bathroom. The statue was a replica of a saint, and his neck was outstretched and looking up. As we all looked at the statue through the viewfinder of the camera, the face of the statue started to change. Shut up. Again, we could only see this through the viewfinder of the camera and not by looking directly at it. And the new face began forming in the neck of the statue. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) I have not heard this, by the way. Uh, This is awesome. Ooh, and the new face was the most cliche, evil face. None of us could believe what we were seeing. As a sensitive, I could feel the dark energy of this entity, and I believe that we were dealing with an entity that night, not the human spirit, and a dark entity, certainly not a light one. Wow. At this point in the investigation, the bartender's girlfriend was curled up in a ball on the couch in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> like I would probably be. I know, right? She was terrified and had had enough. Truthfully, I was getting a bit terrified too, and that was unusual for me as I believe that most spirits are just people without a physical body who are lost and looking to move on, and that never scared me. But this thing that we were interacting with, this thing was truly shaking me to the core, and all that I wanted to do was get far, far away from it. So we mutually decided to end our investigation. It was around three in the morning at this point anyway. And everyone, oh my God. So they were there for like three hours. Oh my God. That's how paranormal investigators roll, man. Yeah. Um, And everyone left the lodge and went home. I went up to our room and told my husband what had just happened. As we were talking about the investigation, we realized that we were the only guests in the lodge that evening. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, man, Uh, there was no way that I was going to stay the rest of the night. And we literally fled Mary's Lake Lodge in the wee hours of the morning. Good choice with our doggy Harlow. (laughs) I felt so protective of her and of my husband. And we announced before getting into the car that any spirit that may be following us was absolutely unwelcome and forbidden to join us any further. That's good. Yeah, good job. (laughs) I will never forget that evening or the feeling that accompanied it. In all of my investigations, it was the closest feeling to pure evil I have ever experienced. Whoa. Thank you, Andrea, for that story. That is very, very creepy. I definitely... um. One of the things on my bucket list, I should say, is to go to the Stanley Hotel and and Estes. And um, I was writing um, and talking a little bit um, back and forth with Andrea. And she said that if we ever come out to Colorado, she would 
take us <gasps> ghost hunting. Oh my God, that would be awesome. Wouldn't that be amazing? Andrea, thank you. Yeah. This is amazing. Also, and it's funny, so she said that um, there was a rumor that like Stephen King's aunt had a place up there or something, which uh-huh. might explain how he ended up at the Stanley mm-hmm. to have his experience that inspired The Shining. Exactly. Yeah, maybe she could elaborate on that if we ever got to visit her and tell us a little more of the you history. Mean when we go out to when visit we go her. Out there. Cause yeah, I think we definitely need to go out there. Totally. Um, that would be amazing. All right. Thank you so much. That was a great story. That was a great story. Thank you, Andrea. All right, Mindy. So ooh, I was talking the whole time, so I didn't have a chance to finish my beer. But while I'm finishing this beer, would you like to uh describe the next beer that we were gonna try? Oh yes. Um the next beer is, uh, I don't think I've had this one, actually. It's Warlock by uh, Southern Cheer Brewing Company. It's an Imperial Pumpkin Stout. It's a biggie. It's 8.6. <laughs> what is it? ABUs or whatever? Alcohol by volume? ABUs? I don't know. Volume starts with a V, not a U. Well, <laughs> this is why. Alcohol by unit? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I see. That's what I was going for. Mindy's already drunk, and they don't have any cute little saying really on it. It it it's just the evil pumpkin head wearing a warlock hat, and I kind of feel like that really says it all. Is there no um, description about? No, what they put there's in it? not oh. really, and I kind of like that because it kind of makes it a little creepier. Because <laughs> it is, it, it does say it's limited edition and it's it's pumpkin stout. So all right, so let's pour this one and try it. As I, like, chug my dogfish head. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's a big pour, Mindy. Do you want to give Spencer a little? <laughs> mm. This is really, really good. Stouts. Oh, it is really good. Stout. I love uh, I like stouts. sour beers, and I love dark beers. So Agreed. It's very... I could totally drink this real easy all day, and it... I mean, it's like 8.6. What did I say? ABUs? <laughs> I'm, st- I'm holding... By that, I'm 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 sticking by that. Thank you. Clearly, I need more beer. Clearly, maybe you should finish that after you read your story, so you're not like slurring all your words. There's this time I went ghost hunting. You guys, no, you guys, shut up! I'm telling a story. That's staying in. It's a good dessert beer. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's just that I it, it, I think I would keep easily get very drunk very quickly because it's very delicious it is it's really good and um i think it would go good with like some dark chocolate mm. let me see the the pumpkin factor on this one it tastes like your typical stout with a little bit of um spice to it it's mm. got a good cinnamony smell yeah I think. oh yeah 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 surprisingly because it it's like this dark stout beer but it's delicious oh and we didn't rate the first one uh the pumpkin the uh, dogfish mm. head pumpkin ale I would give that a 3.75. I'll I'll go with that. But it is a good, like, kind of not as heavy. Yeah. Like, drinking. Kind of if you're thirsty, it's a good drink. Because yeah. I, I thought it was really easily drinkable, if that makes any sense at all. And this one, I would give, I would give this one a, a four, I think. For sure. Yeah, maybe, I like this. Maybe even a 4.25. <laughs> You do how, no, how far? How much pie do you know? We could go three point one point. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give this one actually a four point two five. Still, my favorite though is that Voodoo Ranger with the. Oh my god, that was so good! I know I've been buying that a lot since we tasted it. It's so Ooh. delicious. I should do that. You should do that. Thank you. It gave me a good idea. My favorite pumpkin ale is coming up, but that's a Dude. teaser for later. 
All right. What's up next? What do you got? Okay. So this story uh, came to us from Instagram from Witchy Woman. It's not, there's not really a title, so I'm just going to jump right in. And here we go. My mom, my two aunts and I were sitting in the living room. My grandma on my mom's side had just passed a few months ago at this point. She had a lengthy battle with brain cancer. We always have lots of family pictures on the wall. This is mostly because of that grandmother, I think. She always really liked the holidays and family pictures and making memories and things for people. My mom and my aunts were having a hard time with the death of their mother, which was expected. They still do sometimes, and it's been years. I hear that. There have been accounts by family and friends that stay at my house a couple of times that involve my grandma. Mom said something along the lines of, I don't want to put up the Christmas tree this year. It doesn't feel the same without mom. We had a picture on the wall behind the TV of two of my cousins with a Christmas tree in the back. As my mom said this, the picture flew off the wall and into the middle of the floor. So we all looked at each other and said, Grandma said, yes, you are. <laughs> and I just want to throw in here that I love this idea of strong gra- opinionated grandmothers because <laughs> I talked in a previous episode about one of my grandmothers um, that kind of taught us a lesson the day she passed. But um, I have my other grandmother um, loved the song I just called to say I love you by Stevie Wonder. And to this day... Like, literally, my cousin gave birth to a baby a few weeks ago, and the very next day I heard that song. We always hear that song, like, accompanying some sort of, like, life event or something like that. So Big family moment. Exactly. So nice. I can I can totally empathize with this. I think that's awesome that grandmas are like, nope, grandma. this is the way it is, and I'm going to tell you. You're ya. putting up the fucking tree. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and then our this writer also had another shorty that I just thought was really funny and just wanted to read it. Uh, she said that she also had some paranormal activity in her home. And she writes, years later, I saw a white figure in my doorway that moved. My mom, dad, and I were living at his house together before the 2008 recession, and it was around Halloween. I was little enough to still have a baby doll, like eight-ish, which you don't really have to justify having a baby doll in your age. I still (laughs) sleep with this teddy bear, so whatever. And I looked up at the ceiling and saw shadows that were scary to a little kid, which on a broom, an owl, bat were some of her examples. So scared, I grabbed my baby doll and hopped the baby gate like a tiny criminal getting away from the police (laughs) to crawl in bed with my mom. She swears it was just a bad dream, and I swear that they chased me down the hall. (laughs) Hop that baby gate. I honestly told that last part seriously because I just wanted to say that phrase, uh, hop the baby gate like a tiny criminal getting away from the police. (laughs) That's great. But I, yeah, assertive grandmothers, opinionated grandmothers, and uh, shadows. Thank you, witchy woman. Sharon, do you have another scary story for us? I do have another scary story. Uh, This is a ghost story that was sent to us from Cody. um, And she's um, Cody Loves Horror. On Instagram, right? On Instagram, yep. Sharon specifically texted me and was like, okay, so this this person sent us a message on Instagram. Do not read this story because I want to read it to you when we do it. So I'm, I'm dying to hear this. And here we go. When I was in middle school, I stayed at the notoriously haunted Truckee Hotel in Lake Tahoe for a family ski trip. Built in 1873 as a stagecoach shop, you can imagine the rich history within its walls. 
At check-in, my dad jokingly asked if the hotel was haunted, to which they replied, very. Oh, oh God. (laughs) As they handed us the key to the fourth floor room, they said they had a number of known spirits, including the ghost of a little girl who haunted the fourth floor. Oh, great. She likes to hang out in the mechanical room and cause blackouts, they added. (laughs) We got to our room. I confirmed on the hotel fire map that the staff-only room across from us was, in fact, the mechanical room. Naturally, I was thrilled. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Some background info. A girl was kidnapped, brought to the Truckee Hotel, and murdered in a bathtub on the fourth floor. Oh, my God. What if that was in the room that they stayed in? Holy shit. And they weren't kidding about those blackouts either. For the duration of the stay, they probably happened once a night and usually lasted for hours. What? On New Year's Eve, I had just begun flat ironing my hair when the power went out. Very annoyed, I marched out to the mechanical room door, gave three loud knocks, probably much louder than that, and said, can you please turn the lights back on? I hear you, girl. You know, you can't you Dude. can't leave the hotel with like half, you know, frizzy hair. So No, and I th- I was blow drying my hair. Oh, I've been pissed. And that was good thinking. And a split second later, they were back on. Nice. Later that night, we were having dinner at the hotel restaurant when I realized I had left my camera in the room. I convinced my dad to go retrieve it for me. I snuck behind him up four flights of stairs and screamed, boo, at the top. He screamed and then joked that the woman we passed on the stairs looked like a ghost. Shut up. But she was probably just attending a costume party on New Year's Eve. Okay. I was confused because I had been trailing him the entire time and saw no one. Oh, my God. He insisted we pass at a woman who looked like she had just stepped out of the wild, wild west in a large pioneer-style gown. Both a little freaked out, we tried to find the camera as quickly as possible so we can get out of there. As we looked, we heard loud knocking on the door to our room several times, but of course... The hallway was empty every time. We didn't find the camera until the following day inside the mini fridge. (laughs) Oh, my God. What? Yeah, and I'm sure they did not place that there. To this day, my dad still stands by seeing that woman on the stairs, and the hotel is frequented by paranormal investigators. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Wow. I did a little digging on um, a little extra info on the Truckee Hotel. Yeah, I've never heard of it. And um, I've never been to Lake Tahoe also on my bucket list because uh, it looks absolutely gorgeous. And when I was looking up info on the haunted Truckee Hotel, apparently that whole area of Lake Tahoe is very, very haunted. So Truckee was a town of the Wild West. Oh, and I should say, sorry, um, this information comes from the KJM Truckee blog in their piece titled Tales of a Haunted Truckee. So Truckee was a town of the Wild West. One of the first legends of Truckee is the Donner Party, which <gasps> we all know that story. And uh, last podcast on the left, they actually have a really good um, Donner Party um multi-part episode so they they dig deep yeah listen to that if you want to know the real story of the donner party 
Anyways, the notorious party was trapped in Truckee because of an early October storm. The tale is made famous by the party's resort to cannibalism to survive. The Truckee Hotel has seen a lot of activity from the living world and beyond. Since 1873, the hotel has welcomed Stagecoast guests on their travels across California. After three name changes, a great fire, and thousands of guests, oh my God, there is one thing that has stayed: the ghost. The first is of a little girl that was murdered in a bathtub on the (gasps) fourth floor. Ding, ding, ding. Guests hear her running down the halls at night, maybe to escape her assailants. That's horrible. That is really horrible. Um, The next is the lady in red, architect Ron Gaunt, a 20-plus year Truckee resident, walked into one of the hotel rooms and instantly felt a cold chill. There was a woman in a red dress, long velvet, definitely not of this time period. Kind of very, very similar to what uh, Cody's dad saw. That's what I was totally just thinking. Yeah. She walked into another room with no doors or windows and disappeared, said Gaunt. I saw the person clear as day. Then she was gone. The hair stood up in my arms and a chill went down my spine. So that is a little uh, story about Truckee. And thank you, Cody. That was an awesome story. Oh, that was great. And you you, um, seem like a very badass person for for not like totally freaking out at everything that you experienced there you just kind of like took charge please put the electricity back on i gotta get my hair done don't mess (laughs) with a girl when she's trying to get ready no i'm saying you don't do that and Uh, i like that the ghost respected that (laughs) that's kind of awesome right she's like yeah yeah okay okay oh yeah no half your hair's done my bad sorry (laughs) What are we drinking now, Sharon? I'm asking because this is my favorite. <laughs> so now we have another Southern Tier beer, the original Pumpkin Imperial Pumpkin Ale. Pumpkin pie in a glass. It really is. Is it, It's described on the bottle. And it is 8.6 ABU. <laughs> okay, you could stop making fun of me now. Never. Never. <laughs> God, it's been years since I've had the original Pumpkin. Ooh, yeah. This is very, very pumpkin-y. This is the king of pumpkin ales, literally, This, as far as I'm may, concerned. I could just be making this up right now, but this may have been the first pumpkin beer ever created. I oh. think it was in the Bible, actually. <laughs> I was going to say, this is for sure the first pumpkin ale that I've ever tasted. And this is the ale that, like, two Halloweens ago, I just OD'd on because it was, like, super available in stores. And I was like, bring it. And this is the pumpkin beer that I think set off the whole pumpkin trend. But, yeah, it's it's really good. It's just- the best pumpkin ale I've ever had. It, mm. it, I love it. I'm still going to go buy Atomic Ranger because I like that. That was good. I like the extra spices and heat. This is good, though. I'll give this. This gets a 4.5 for me, for sure. Gets a 4 for me. Mm. I like the Warlock better. I mean, they're both Southern Tier. Southern Tier makes a good beer. That's a good point. The Warlock is good. I just like this one because it's more cinnamon and more pumpkin-y, in my opinion. But like. Cinnamon-y? I can't (laughs) talk. Even sober. All right. Well, then that's perfect. Tell us another story. (laughs) Mindy? Okay. So this next story was actually told to me. Um, But I'm going to use, instead of the actual names of the people, I'm going to use the names Tina, Nancy, and Glenn. So this story comes to us from Tina. The story is as follows. 
Uh, a number of years ago, um, Tina and some of her friends were going to go visit some haunted houses and haunted woods and needed to pick up their friend Nancy, who lived at the time, well, in what was at the time a very rural area. It's not so much anymore. But at the time, there was like a lot of farmland around. So um, it was, you know, an October evening to set the scene. And there was it was foggy. And I think they even said that the moon was out. So they pull up to Nancy's house and uh, all of the ladies get out of the car and go up to the front door and ring the doorbell. Now, it's important to note that uh, Nancy's house, first of all, was completely dark, like not even a light in the living room. The porch light wasn't even on. But the other thing I should mention is that Nancy had a dog and that dog was very vocal about everything. And when they rang the doorbell, they didn't hear the dog. So everybody kind of looked at each other like, oh, that's weird. Why isn't the dog barking? Suddenly they heard a loud crash in the street behind them. They all turned around and looked and saw nothing, right? But they're like, okay, this is just weird. But okay, they ring the doorbell again. Still no noise whatsoever from the dog or any movement inside. When suddenly... One of the ladies turned around and saw a masked figure all in black come around the corner of the house and charge at this group of women on the front porch. (laughs) Oh, Tina had said to me, so what did we do? We were in a group together. Did we fight? Did we did we try to, you know, throw them off guard? No, we all like fell back against the front door <laughs> and like one of the friends I think like slid down the door like almost fainted they were like we if this was a horror movie we'd be dead finally they're obviously their uh fight or flight totally res- response did not kick nothing in. kicked in at all <laughs> they're just like panic mode and fall <laughs> so at this point now they hear laughter from the hi- behind the front door and the front door opens and it's Nancy and the the figure that rushed them is also laughing, takes off the mask, and it's her husband, Glenn. Oh, Jesus. So I guess, now I got the backstory, and what happened, this plan came together like five minutes before they showed up, which is amazing <laughs> to me. Um, so Nancy and Glenn were like, okay, yes, it's foggy. It's kind of a spooky night. What can we do to freak them out? And Glenn had this, it was like a plastic tubing from something. And he was like, well, I'm going to throw this in the street as a distraction. And Nancy specifically told me, I thought that was a stupid idea. I thought it was going to throw everybody off, you know, ruin the surprise. Well, apparently not, because it did exactly what it was supposed to do. Is it threw all the ladies off guard and then they were not expecting Glenn, who purposely dressed up all creepy, ran around the corner and like charged at them and Nancy said that she was standing behind the door and all she heard was like a whoosh noise as like all of the women just fell back against the door and they had put the dog for the record in the backyard so he that never That was my next question. How did they quiet the dog? <laughs> he never heard the doorbell ring and like I don't think it can be reproduced because at the time again this area was very rural, whereas, like, of course, now it's more built up. But it was just a perfect setting. And Nancy still to this day is like, I still think it's hilarious that this even happened because it was a five minute quick decision that we made before they got here. 
And, that's awesome. Uh, but, I love when people scare people. <laughs> and that's like one of my favorite <laughs> stories. And it worked clearly because, yeah, like Nancy literally was like, I heard a straight up whoosh as all the ladies fell back against the door. And Tina was like, yeah, great. Like we failed completely. And also Glenn, I should add, is probably lucky that they failed because they could have beat the shit out of him in yeah. a fight response. Good point. Like they I, they took a chance with that, but I it always, paid off. I always wonder, you know, you hear these stories on like I survived and yeah. where people's like uh, fight or flight response just kicks in and luckily knock on wood yeah um there's never really been an instance in my life where it had to have kicked in like that so i always wonder you know i'm we're both hyper aware nowadays right. um just by listening to like my favorite murder and and reading like the true crime books that we read and watching the documentaries watching the freaking news well i don't watch the news because that's too terrifying which is why i watch you know like ted bundy <laughs> documentaries instead but anyways, um, but yeah like we we both i feel like know so much but you never know how you will react in that moment. Well, and that's what I've thought about too. Like, what would I do? I do remember one time I was in the living room and I had already been in my bedroom, but then I heard the door open by itself and both of my cats turned, which is what was my cue to be like, okay, that wasn't just me. And actually what I did was I unlocked my front door. So if I had to get out quickly, I could grabbed a giant knife from my kitchen and then went and checked it out. Yep. But that was the only time I, if I was taken by surprise like this, I have no idea what, what I would do or how I'd react. Yeah. When Spencer goes out of town, which he travels for work a lot and I'm by myself, obviously I stay home and watch true crime documentaries with the door locked securely <laughs> with them when i'm all alone but when i go to bed i lock our bedroom door i take um a floor fan and put it in front of the door so that if someone opened the door it would knock the fan That's over a good idea. which would startle me to wake me up and then i have this huge like this big heavy metal sculpture of a chair it's like this cool looking tim burton-esque looking chair that is on our dresser that i keep just close to my bed because it's about a foot long and it's easy to like wield and if nice. someone like came into my bedroom i could just like jump up and grab it and like hit him over the head with it and it would either kill them but it would definitely it would either kill them or knock them out it would definitely knock them out. Yeah, and obviously Spencer and I have created, you know, escape plans if someone does, like, come into our bedroom in the middle of the night, so. Oh, yeah, I have my front door. There's a closet right by it, and I always think of Scream, how Sydney in the original, she, like, has her closet door that blocks her yes. bedroom door. And so, like, if I'm scared and I have to go to bed, I will set that door by the front door. So that I know that if somebody were to somehow get through my locked, chained front apartment door that I live <laughs> on the third floor, so how would they get up there? But whatever. Like, it'll smack against this other door. And then I keep my toolbox and my trash can sort of covering half of my back door at night. Because that way, if someone tried to open the door, they'd get blocked. Or it would make enough noise. Girl, I think about these things, man. A girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. That's right. <laughs> All right. It's the final pumpkin beer. Da 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 da. da. Mindy, what? Oh, for us development. <laughs> Gobbluth. 
It's Job. Sorry. What Tangent. are we What are we drinking next, Missy? <laughs> uh, next, we're drinking Rogue uh, Ale's uh, Pumpkin Patch Ale. Ale brewed with Rogue Farms pumpkins. Um, it says Rogue Farms. This Rogue was brewed using ingredients grown on Rogue Farms in Oregon. From ground to glass, we're proud to say it's a true taste of Rogue Terrier. Terrar. Okay, that's how it's spelled. Uh, To learn more about Rogue Farms (laughs) and grow your own revolution, visit us online at rogue.com. Their terriers make this beer. (laughs) Created with pumpkins grown at Rogue Farms in Independence, Oregon, fresh pumpkins are picked, loaded into our truck, driven immediately 77 miles to our brewery in Newport, Oregon, quickly roasted and pitched into the brew kettle wow that's very specific very specific and geez with all this work it's amazing this bottle doesn't cost like a hundred dollars and it's 6.1 alcohol by volume and it's a big fucking bottle too it's a 750 milliliter bottle we're gonna chug it no i'm kidding (laughs) all right all right let's taste this it's a nice amber color Mmm. It has Pac-Man yeast. That's what it says. I don't know what that is, but this is pretty tasty. I still say pumpkin is my favorite. It is really tasty. But this is really good. I like it. This might be like right below pumpkin. Although you're right, that spicy ale we had on like a few episodes ago. That was still yeah. really delicious. But no, this one, it it's kind of similar. This actually might be more pumpkin-y than the pumpkin. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give this one a four. I would agree. It's definitely a solid four. I would agree with that. And now, Sharon, I think we have one more ghost story to read. Are you going to tell us? Yes. So we have one last ghost story. Um, and again, really quick, thank you to all of you who wrote in with stories. Please keep them coming. Even just scary stories about, like, anything that you think we would find interesting. We love hearing from you guys and... You playing pranks on people and scaring people. How you how you survive possible serial killers. Yeah, what are your escape plans? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good subject, actually. Yeah. That is a good subject. But we've got this one's about ghosts, hopefully. Um, well, okay, so this one is kind of a personal one. So I think I've mentioned in past episodes that I have lived in two houses that I believe to have been haunted. Um, so this actually comes from my ex-boyfriend Jeff um I told him to write me in a story and here we go I bought my house in October of 2004 the only thing I knew about the house was that an old man lived there before my wife now my ex-wife and I moved in I used to joke that I hoped the old man that lived there didn't die in the house (laughs) one day the grandson of the old man that lived in my house came over to say hi and introduce himself He lived a few blocks away and used to come over to mow his grandpa's lawn. As we were in my living room talking about the front door, he pointed to my couch and said, that was right where he died. (laughs) Oh, great. Oh, fuck. That was the last thing I wanted to hear. (laughs) Can you imagine someone coming over your place and being like, oh, that's where so-and-so died? I have a relative who had someone die in the tub of their house. Oh, I actually think it would be pretty funny 
to go to like my childhood home, which I've actually wanted to do because that's the first haunted house I grew up in. And I've always wanted to like go back there and ask like the new people who live there, like, have you seen anything weird? But like also go back there and just like walk into a random room and be like, this is where my mom and dad were bludgeoned to death. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God I was at a sleepover that night or I'd be dead too. All right, well, thanks for the walk down memory lane. Gotta go. <laughs> Actually, the house that wasn't far from yours that I lived in when we were little, yeah. um, they did construction on that house. So I've always wanted to know, like, because mm. they say construction stirs up stuff. Exactly. But anyway, quick tangent. Back to the story. Anyways, um, so soon after we moved in, we started hearing noises at night. There were random bumps and bangs in the house that you just didn't hear during the day. There was also the feeling that you were being watched, or it felt like someone was in the next room when no one else was home. Things would move around in the house, too. If a cup was placed in one spot, it would be moved to another spot. Then one night when I was in bed, I was laying on my side sleeping, 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 Suddenly, I got Southern. I was laying on my side, sleeping, and happened to wake up in the middle of the night. Standing on my side of the bed was a tall silhouette of a man leaning over me. I was so petrified, I tried to say something, but I couldn't. After a few moments, I decided to take a swing at whatever it was, and the silhouette just vanished before my eyes. After that, things escalated. Even more noises and always the feeling that someone or something else was in the house with me. One night when I came home from work, I broke down because I couldn't take it anymore. I said out loud, hey, this is my house now. I would appreciate it if you moved on. I don't Good know. for you. I don't know if that's how he would have said it. But <laughs> Good on him, though, for saying yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so things died down after that. My wife and I divorced and she moved out. My friend Paul moved in and became my roommate. Paul knew a little bit about some of the things that happened in the past, like the noises, but he didn't want to hear about them. While Paul was living there, his mom had passed away and he was given her ashes to spread at their family cottage in Wisconsin. Paul was freaked out by the idea of having his mom's ashes in his room. I said I would put them in my bedroom closet until we were able to go up to Wisconsin to scatter them. Which thanks, buddy. (laughs) Hey, that's what a true friend is for. True friend is there to put your mom's ashes in their closet. Can we have that like uh, a t-shirt stenciled or something? Yeah, we're gonna get t-shirts made with that on there. (laughs) So one bright and sunny morning, so now he has um, his roommate's mom's ashes in his closet, like people do. (laughs) One bright and sunny morning, I was laying in bed wide awake. Paul had already left for work, and I was home alone. As I was laying there with my eyes wide open, I heard a conversation coming from the living room, which was right next to my bedroom. I should also say, not only was I home alone, but the TV was not on. I lay in bed for half an hour listening to a man and woman talking in the living room. Although I could not really make out what they were saying, I knew the voice of the woman. Her voice was raspy, just like Paul's mom, who was a smoker and had a very distinctive voice. The other voice, I can only assume, was the man who had once lived in my house and died in my living room. I wasn't scared, though. I felt at peace listening to them. Nothing much really happened after that. But when I told Paul about it later, he freaked the fuck out (laughs) and eventually bought his own place. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. I lived in this house for two years, and before I moved in, 
the only story I knew about it was that story of him hearing the conversation between Paul's mom and the guy that died in the living room. It's so crazy to me. So crazy. But it because he wasn't scared. Right. It didn't scare me. Sure. And I didn't know any of the other stories about things moving or like, you know, bumps and noises in the middle of the night or just the feeling of someone watching you. He never told me any of those things. But then when I moved in, just as he said, like it would be in the morning, sun's shining in, everything's bright and sunny in the house. He would leave for work and I'd still be in bed and I would hear the garage door closed and I would know he was gone. And all of a sudden I would have this feeling of someone watching me. Never in my life have felt anything like this before, but I was so afraid the moment I heard him leave. I couldn't even like get out of bed hardly. I would have to force myself to get out of bed to like go to the bathroom in the morning or to like get out of bed and like start getting ready and like go about my day. But I always had this feeling in the daytime that I was being watched when I was talking to him and like texting him like, hey, can you please like write me a story just a little bit about like the background of your house and blah, blah, blah. And I told him, I was like, you know, your house always freaked me out. Every time you would leave for work, I felt like I was being watched. He's like, you never told me that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I didn't. And then like I read the story and know that he felt the same thing. So the spirit might have quieted down. But it did not leave. No, it's his house for sure. He will always be there. He may not be as disruptive, but that house is so like the, and it's not, it's not a negative energy. Right. But I remember the first time um, I ever saw the first Paranormal Activity movie. I (laughs) watched it by myself in the living room (gasps) where the guy died. And (laughs) oh my God. And I was home alone. Because Jeff was out with his friends and I had to get off the couch to go to the bathroom and I could not do it because the rest of the house was pitch black and like right across from the living room there uh, like at like a uh, diagonal angle was the office which was this open door that was pitch black and I just felt like someone was in the office watching me and I ha- would have to have gone past the office to get to the bathroom, I could not do it. Like, I... Well, and especially after watching Paranormal Activity. Well, yeah, that like... movie scared the shit out of me, but I could not get myself to get off the couch. I was so terrified. I think what I ended up doing was um, there was a half wall separating the living room from the kitchen. Okay. So I think I jumped i like did lava i like jumped from the couch to the half wall walked around the kitchen table so like literally in the opposite direction of the office to completely avoid going past the office door judging because i know that i would have probably done the same if i were freaked out so (laughs) and i yeah like eventually i just couldn't wait for jeff to come home and (laughs) like turn lights on I was terrified. But um, yeah, so that is the end of our ghost story slash pumpkin beer tasting episode. And we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you again to everybody that like wrote in. And again, if you have other stories, if they're about ghosts, if they're about scary stuff, true crime, your favorite pumpkin ale, whatever, feel free to write us. 
Also, it's an it's enjoyable. Yes, Spencer. Can I jump in with a little uh, pumpkin beer footnote? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is just a little history on the Wikipedia page for pumpkin ale. Ooh. It's short. The brewing of beer with pumpkin in the United States dates back to 1771. What? The first commercially brewed pumpkin ale came from Buffalo Bill's Brewery. Shut up. I won't shut up. <laughs> in Hayward, California in the 1980s, the recipe based on brewing studies made by George Washington. The beer's contemporary popularity has been described as part of a pumpkin spice craze initiated by a rash of pumpkin and pumpkin spice flavored consumer food products such as the pumpkin spice latte <laughs> so technically the first one was uh well no technically the first was back in the colonial uh era um i found another website all about that but uh yeah the first one officially was in the 80s it puts pumpkin in the brewery I don't know. I, Buffalo Bill, I'm trying to make oh, it. Oh, yeah. I it, failed. It puts the pumpkin in the ale or it gets the... Pale. Pa- or it gets impaled. <laughs> Very good. Again. I don't well know. done. Thank you for taking my idea and running with it. <laughs> Any, anywho's, um, so basically what we're saying is pumpkin, you're not that inventive. I'm not <laughs> saying that. For the record, I still love my pumpkin southern tier beer. But all the beers we tasted today, I think we're all equally very good on various levels. So, um, but if anybody has any other suggestions that you're like, oh, you haven't tasted nothing until you've tasted this pumpkin beer, please tell us. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, keep writing into us um, your scary stories. Uh, your ghost stories. Your escape plans. That was a good idea. Escape. Yeah, I, I really want to hear people's escape plans because I'm not crazy and I think everyone should have an escape plan because you never know what fucked up shit is going to happen to you, you totally. know? Totally. So, um, yeah. And we want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. Yeah. And best time of the year. Best time of the year. Well, it's like uh, Treat Yourself Day. Best day of the year. It's like, ha- but Halloween. Yeah. Anyways, that's all getting cut out. But anyways, as always, thanks, thanks for, for getting, getting creepy with us.